emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. I'm Kevin Merida, Senior Vice President of ESPN. Hi, everyone. This is Rexy Roll from Western Air, Bahamas. I'm Monica Morgan, international photojournalist and motivational speaker. Hello there, I'm meteorologist Denise Isaac from WXYZ Channel 7. Hey, this is Maurice Griffin from BET Sunday's Best. I'm Lauren Winfrey, TV news reporter for today's TMJ4 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is Dr. Eddie Connor, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud show with my main man, Michael Nimmons. Grew up listening and singing If I Could Be Like Mike, and I really do, so I had to listen to how he brings it, how he flows with it, how he engages you, how he speaks truth to power and inspires you to do something greater than ever before. Don't you dare miss it. Continue to listen. Think out loud. Speak out loud. Michael Nimmons. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... The Thinking Out Loud radio show. 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 So one of the best radio shows that I've ever been on. And in Detroit, I can't go without thinking out loud with my boy, Michael Nimmons. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimitz. It's the show featuring comedian Griff from Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell. Before we uh, wrap the interview, we like to play a word association game. What about this one? Kanye's Sunday Services. Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and now at MichaelNimmons.com. Man, this is what nobody know about Kanye's Sunday service. Kanye trying to find Christ. Kanye ain't out there singing Kirk Franklin songs and Mary Mary. He's singing old Cleveland. He's singing the oldest. He's singing real hymnals. Yeah, he got a, a thought wife. His sister-in-law is the first kid billionaire. Like, yeah, they very thoughty with it, but... You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at michaelnimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.
What's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> you are tuned in to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, a brand spanking new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemes. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight. Uh, so very happy that you decided to take a few minutes to share with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We've got a great show for you on tonight. Another great guest. A lot of great things to discuss and talk about uh, during tonight's show. And man, I just can't believe it. I mean, we are uh, almost at our 120th show, believe it or not. Um you know, two years is just about coming gone. It'll be our two year anniversary this coming August 2019. Uh, we have close to 20,000 streams and downloads, guys. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm pinching myself every single day. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. But I'm thankful for this platform. Thankful for you. Uh, that tune in each and every week again our shows just keep getting better and better and uh, let me just say this because <clears throat> we really try to do our uh, due diligence in bringing you some quality guests and putting together quality shows uh, for your listening uh, pleasure and enjoyment and this is absolutely free uh, to you of course you can uh, stream these shows on Spotify um, uh, you know all of the podcasting net networks iHeartRadio Spotify TuneIn um, uh uh, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, you know, Stitcher. There's a number of different places where you can get the Thinking Out Loud radio show, including our own website, michaelnemons.com. That's right, michaelnemons.com. Go there and just click the podcast button on our homepage, and there you'll be able to listen to all of our past episodes, including this one right now go to michaelnemons.com but what i wanted to say again is that we really try uh to do our due diligence to bring you quality guests that you know really have something to say and something to share um and tonight is no exception at all we'll get into that guest uh the 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 resume of that guest in just a few minutes but i say all that to say um, that if you are listening uh, to the show on tonight and you feel like uh, you want to be um, a part of this show in some way, you want to be a guest on this show, you have a story to tell, you have a testimony to share, uh, feel free. Uh, give us, um, send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com or add us at TOL Radio Host MSN. We would love to hear from you. Um, we consider this uh, everybody's show. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we love to get your feedback about the show. And you're more than welcome uh, to be a guest on the show as well. We're always looking for uh, positive, inspiring, and empowering guests uh, to feature and highlight uh, during our show. So feel free to send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com. 
or add us at TOL Radio Host MSN or leave us a comment uh, on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page, facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Or you can leave us a comment on our show page at michaelnemons.com. A lot of ways uh, to get in touch with us. A lot of great ways to interact with us. But we would love, uh, again, this is our appeal to you, the listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, If you feel like, you know, you have a story to share, a testimony to give, feel free to send us an email again. Or add us on Twitter, on Instagram. Leave us a comment. We would love to get back in touch with you. Again, we have got a great show for you on tonight. Um, We have a phenomenal guest, guys. We are going to be interviewing a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. (laughs) Man, I'm pinching myself. A Pulitzer Prize winning journalist is on the Thinking Out Loud radio show with us on tonight. Man, I'm telling you, our shows just keep getting better and better. If you're not listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, tap your neighbor and ask them what are they doing. You know, if they don't know about the Thinking Out Loud radio show, then uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're listening to. If you're not listening to us, what are you listening to? (laughs) I don't know what you're listening to. But tonight we have got a powerful and inspiring uh, story uh, to share, um, interview to share uh, with with you from uh, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Rochelle Riley. Uh, Amazing a uh, woman uh, just uh, doing some amazing things in the city of Detroit, the newly appointed director of arts and culture uh, for the city of Detroit. She's going to be not just talking about her uh, storied career in journalism, but also her plans and her vision uh, in this newly appointed position as director of arts and culture uh, for the city of Detroit. It's an interview you don't want to miss. And we're calling this show straight out of Detroit <laughs> from her lips right now, from her lips to your ears, uh, straight out of Detroit. We're calling this straight out of Detroit. I couldn't think of a better uh, title for this podcast on tonight. Uh, that is the theme of the show talking about this great city Detroit that we live in so many great jewels so many great things to love about this city of course uh, we can all think of some negative things to say about the city of Detroit and what they're not what's not happening and what's not getting done and what's not taking place but um, this show is really going to be geared toward talking about the positive things that's taking place right here in the city of Detroit so I can't wait to share this interview with you on tonight and we've got even got a great thought of the week uh, that is geared toward uh, that as well Uh, centered around uh, Motown Motor City Uh, The spirit of Detroit And I can't wait to share That thought of the week with you as well And of course doing our What are you thinking about segment Got some great things to talk about as well First things first uh, The first topic is uh, Man I can't believe this We have a pedophile Running for Congress Yeah I said it A pedophile running for Congress, And I can't wait to share this story with you. This is incredible, unbelievable. A self-proclaimed 
pedophile and racist white supremacist running for Congress and tell me about putting the Constitution uh, uh, to the test uh, with this particular uh, candidate running for office. But we'll get into the details in just a few minutes. But, yeah, we have a pedophile running for Congress. Unbelievable. And, of course, we're also going to be talking about uh, the Netflix series when they see us this is a powerful netflix series uh hard to watch uh directed by uh ava duvernay a very powerful black uh woman director black uh just just doing some extraordinary things um in hollywood and uh we are just um <clears throat> blessed uh, by her talent and of course this movie here is about the Central Park Five uh, young men. We were talking about that, sharing with you some of her thoughts from a CNN interview, as well as our thoughts of after we saw the first hour of this four-part series. Uh, very hard to watch because of the nature of this, um, the nature of this, uh, this story. Uh, but it's one that is um, is worthy of being told. And I recommend uh, all the uh, parents out there that are listening uh, to me tonight to, to take some time and watch this with your young people. Because, uh, you know, this is real. This, this is not something uh, fictional that happened. Uh, but this is something that was real. It took place. These young men's lives were changed forever because of what happened uh, back in 1989. And a lot of things unpacked with this particular uh, topic. So uh, we'll be sharing with you some of our thoughts of uh, this Netflix series when they see us uh, in just a few minutes. And finally, we're going to be recapping uh, uh, last night's uh, game, the NBA Finals. Man, that was an epic game. Uh, game, uh, game five. Yeah, game five of the NBA Finals. Uh, Rafters and Warriors. Uh, you know, this was an elimination game for the Toronto Rafters, and uh, we'll talk about whether they got it done or not. So, lot to talk about, lot to discuss on tonight's episode. Great guests, great discussion. Great interviews, and we got a powerful thought of the week. So let's get into it. You is live. A sea of race fists and silence. 2020 fight is getting very real. Democrats jumping in, speaking out. Jussie Smollett. A month ago, few people knew who he was. You're watching The Breakfast Club. If you take it all into consideration, Stephen A. Listen, the argument that where where you absolutely disgust me. A dilemma right now. How you feeling? Better than I deserve. You feel better today? I'm getting there. Yeah. What are you thinking about?
What's up, everybody? This is the uh, June 11th edition of the What Are You Thinking About segment where we talk about everything and everybody. That's right. Well, let's get into it. Um, our first story for tonight unbelievable story. I can't believe it myself. Uh, there is a congressman uh, that is um, a professed pedophile. That's right. A pedophile, Nathan Larson, is a pedophile and a white supremacist, and he's running for Congress. When I when I first saw this story, I thought this was a satirical story, meaning that it was a like a joke story. But this is real, guys. This is on USA Today's website. Nathan Larson, a pedophile and white supremacist, running for Congress. According to USA Today, Nathan Larson, a man who advocates pedophilia, white supremacy, and believe it or not, rape, and who served 16 months in prison for threatening to kill the president, is running for Congress. This is a Molotov cocktail, if I ever saw one. Can you believe this? And oh, by the way, uh, yeah, he is a white man. <laughs> Believe it I'm, I'm just blown completely away uh, The 37 year old accountant From Charlottesville, Virginia Is running as an independent In Virginia's 10th congressional district Yeah, he's running as an independent Because anybody in a Democratic Or Republican party In their right mind Wouldn't definitely associate with this man I hope not This is ridiculous Larson identifies himself as a quasi-neo-reactionary libertarian, whatever that means. His platform includes drug legalization, the elimination of all regulations regarding firearms, and putting an end to U.S. involvement in foreign wars arising from our country's alliance with Israel. He is the antithesis of everything good in our society. He is the absolute worst of the worst politician. If, you know, if there was such a thing, this is what it would look like. You know, a pedophile and white supremacist and um, uh, rape, uh, rapist and uh, threatening, threatening to kill the president. He's running for Congress. This is this is unbelievable. <laughs> and um, You know I, I first saw this story on Facebook Somebody posted it and again I thought it was a joke uh, But um, I'm seeing it in other spa Other spaces and other spots So you know I don't know if this you know, Seeing this on USA Today means that this story Is gaining some traction So um, this, 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 this guy Is uh He's serious about running for Congress and uh, something should be done. I think, you know, we you know, we cannot have uh, somebody like this um, making decisions in this country. I mean, we thought Donald Trump was bad and he is <laughs> he is bad. You know, orangey is bad. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. But I think this guy is worse can you believe it? And um, 
I don't know. He's he's he sounds to me like he's taking a page out of Trump's playbook uh, where, you know, this honesty is the best policy type of um, uh, this type of uh, strategy he's using because. I, you know, maybe he thinks if I'm open about what I believe and who I am, that people will um, more readily accept me. But, you know, knowing that you are a pedophile, knowing that you are a white supremacist, knowing that you're in favor of rape and knowing that you're in favor of, you know, killing the president doesn't make me comfortable voting for you. By no means, by no stretch of the imagination. And I think I'm not alone in feeling that way. I'm sure I have many people listening to me on tonight that feel the absolute same way. But but my problem is um, the culture, the climate that produced someone like this. We are living in... Um, an era in American history that uh, produced someone who feels that it's okay to run as a as a criminal because uh, pedophilia is a criminal offense. <laughs> I mean, people people are going to prison for uh, pedof- uh, pedophilia. They call pedophiles. And he is a self-professed pedophile. In this same article, he confesses to raping his wife. Why isn't he behind bars? You know, they they, they say he he's already served 16 months of a prison sentence uh, for uh, what does it say? He served 16 months. Uh months in prison for threatening to kill the president yeah threatening to kill the president and uh it wasn't president donald trump uh because in fact it says in here 2008 larson sent a letter to the secret service in which he threatened to kill either george w bush or barack obama according to the washington post the following year he pleaded guilty to threatening to kill a president and serve 16 months in federal prison so he didn't it wasn't a letter uh sent to the white house to kill donald trump it was to kill george bush or barack obama and you know given everything this man uh, seemingly believes you can understand why um, I can't see how any reasonably thinking person right thinking person would take this man seriously and vote for him you know he might be serious about his convictions but as a voter I definitely I definitely would not put him in office by no means and uh, I, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about this I'm sure you might have seen this if you have um, if you haven't seen it you can post you can look at it on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud radio let us know radio show let us know what your thoughts are about this this is a ridiculous story unbelievable 
Um, we'd love to know again what your thoughts are about this. Um, you know, um, it's crazy, crazy. And and again, we can all blame Donald Trump for uh, politicians like this because you know Donald Trump was the, the 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 candidate that said if I shot somebody in broad daylight in Central in uh, Times Square, you would still vote for me. Yeah, he said that. And guess what? He's the president of the United States. That's a scary, scary thought. So there are people that listen to him say that and they still voted for him. There are people that will read this article and listen to this man here and still vote for him. That's a scary person. I don't want to meet that person be quite frankly be quite frank about that I don't want to meet him or that person that feels comfortable voting for him I don't know about you but that is a scary thought this guy scares me to death scares me to death but uh, at me at TOL radio host MSN love to know what your thoughts are uh, send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com Love to get your thoughts about this story Also um, When they see us Man this is a Netflix Series that is really um, um, On the minds of A lot of people And um, This is a four part series Directed by Ava DuVernay Powerful director uh, in her own right She's doing big things in Hollywood um, And uh, she really did a great job With this Netflix series um, it's, it's, it's hard to watch But I still recommend you watching it I've only seen the first hour episode But I do plan to watch the other three I watched the first hour with my son He was actually the impetus Behind me watching this Because I had seen so many Social media posts from others that said that um, they couldn't bring themselves to watch all of it. They'd only seen maybe 10 minutes of it. And um, I couldn't believe that um, I couldn't believe that I've seen um, I've, I saw the first hour. Of um, of the show But again I do plan to go back And watch the rest But I want to play for you uh, Just a, a, a small clip From an interview uh, That Ava DuVernay Did on CNN uh, When she talks about uh, This this series And what her uh, Real objectives Were by bringing This story about these Five young boys from Central Park That were accused of raping a white woman Back to America's conscience Take a listen Since President Trump did ascend to the Oval Office One question has dogged him from the beginning And that is, is he a racist? The president strongly denies it Saying that he is in fact the least racist person But opponents would argue that history tells a different story Going all the way back to the firestorm he ignited Around the rape of a female jogger in New York Central Park That was in 1989 The now infamous case saw five young black and Latino teenagers Falsely accused and jailed for their crime 
the crime. And then businessman Trump took out a full-page newspaper ad to bring back the death penalty. Director and writer Ava DuVernay has delved deeply into racism and civil rights with her Oscar-nominated film Selma and her documentary 13th. And now she's taking on the story of the so-called Central Park Five in her new Netflix series. It's called When They See Us, and it aims to get the viewer to relive the injustice and humanize those falsely accused. The first episode in this series um, really doesn't happen in court. It doesn't happen in Central Park. It's in their homes, right? You are making us see them as people and as as one reviewer said, the innocence that they once were and the innocence that they lost and the innocence they still always insisted on. That's true. That's true. Uh, we, we begin on a, a spring day. It was April 19th, 1989, when these five boys, black and brown boys, were kind of ripped out of their youth. And it was the last day that they were ever boys, at the last day that they were ever kids. And so we start on this day and you just see boys being boys and uh and you know talking to their families talking to their friends uh and uh, then a, a horrible tragedy befalls them you know there were six victims that day it was trisha miley who was the woman who was raped and assaulted viciously by someone who was not properly pursued and then you had these five boys who uh, there was never any dna dna evidence connecting them to the crime uh, there was never a weapon there was never um, any physical evidence all that uh, the prosecutors had were these coerced statements. And so in the film, we show how those statements came to be. You'll go through and you'll witness the interrogations of each of the men as they describe them, as they remember, remember them. Um, there was physical harm. There was uh, emotional intimidation and, and certainly the absence of an adult in, in most of the rooms. Uh, there you also see uh, a, a boy whose parents were in the room and how the parents were intimidated. You were dealing with people who uh, did not have a full scope of what their rights were at the time and who trusted the police to uh, to process uh, the matter uh, professionally and ethically, and, and that didn't happen. And so we get to a place where we're looking at a case that is tried. Boys are sent away uh, for crimes that they didn't commit, for crimes that uh, there was no physical evidence for, and uh, who served really really tough time. Corey Wise uh, spent uh, almost 14 years in prison. He went directly to Rikers Island at the age of 16 and endured uh, um, uh, troubling, uh, uh, ter terrorizing behavior uh, within within those, those within, while in the custody of the state of New York City is really what it was, New York State. So it's a, it's a story that really allows us to look at, yes, this case, but also the overall system that is called criminal justice and how unjust it actually is. Yeah, so there you have it, guys. A very powerful um, documentary uh, or powerful series, I should say. And uh, Ava DuVernay has done a phenomenal job putting this together. Uh, the actors in this series um, are powerful as well. Uh, reliving uh, this uh, very uh, tragic um, episode uh, took place back in 1989. Uh, I do plan to watch the last three hours of it, and uh, you know, maybe writing a blog about it, or do, even even doing a show about this uh, about this series because it's a story that's worthy of being told. And you know, of course, we still see some elements of. Um, 
this broken criminal justice system or uh, as um, uh, Ava DuVernay talks about in this interview, the system isn't broken, but um, it's it's doing exactly what it was designed to do. (laughs) Wow. Think about that. Think about that. The system isn't broken, but it's actually doing what it's been designed to do. So I I recommend you taking some time to um, check this uh, Netflix series out. You know, if you got somebody's password for Netflix, (laughs) you know how we do. (laughs) You might not have Netflix on your, uh, you know, your account, but you, 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 uh, (laughs) let me stop. (laughs) Ah, You know. But uh, check it out. Love to get your thoughts about that as well. Add us to TOL Radio Host MSN or contact at michaelnemis.com. That's right. That's right. The NBA Finals, man. We got to talk about it. Uh, Yesterday, June the 10th. Um, you know, it all went down in Toronto. Toronto uh, was up three games to one against the Golden State Warriors, and it looked like the Golden State Warriors were going to get eliminated. They were in an elimination game. Uh, it, all the cards were on the table on last night, but some way, somehow, Golden State pulled out a one-point victory. And they have secured a game six in Golden State. A golden opportunity. (laughs) Man, I can't believe it. And, of course, nobody could have called this one uh, because we all thought Toronto was going to get, as uh, comedian Griff put it, they were going to get drugged by uh, the Golden State Warriors. But it looks like the Golden State Warriors were getting drugged by the Toronto Rafters and Kawhi Leonard, man. Uh, so, you know, yesterday it all went down. Kevin Durant came back and played, um, but uh, he left the game. I think it was in the third or the fourth quarter uh, with an Achilles injury. He had an MRI today, and it was official that he's injured his Achilles heel and uh, and um, Achilles tendon, rather. <laughs> Achilles heel, Achilles tendon, and won't uh, possibly won't be more than likely would not be returning uh, to finish the series. So the question becomes: Was Kevin Durant rushed back, and if so, by who? So was it pressure from his teammates, the coach, front office? Who did he get pressure from uh, to return uh, too soon? Because he again injured. Uh, his Achilles tendon and uh, and more than likely has uh, played his last game as a Golden State Warrior because I don't think he's coming back really uh, really don't a lot of um, uh, you know a lot of things to consider during the uh, offseason but um, you know Golden State has secured a, secured a game six I believe the trajectory of this series has now shifted in Golden State's favor uh, believe it or not, you know, even though Game Seven is going to be played in Toronto, if they get that far, but Golden State has given them a, themselves a fighting chance. 
Um, and I think there is something uh, to the uh, the notion or the idea that Golden State are defending world champions because um, you know it's there is something to having been there and done it before. You know, if you if you're a rookie, you've never been there, never been to the finals, never played in uh, in this type of atmosphere before. Uh, you can make the kind of mistake that um, you know players made yesterday. Even though Kawhi Leonard is a veteran and he's been to the finals before, passing the ball to Kyle Lowry uh, to close out the game yesterday was a bad move. I think they lost the game when Kawhi passed the ball to Kyle Lowry. He should have taken that shot himself and closed out the uh, the series on on yesterday, but. He kept Golden State in it by passing the ball to Kyle Lowry. That's just my thoughts and my opinions on that. Love to get your thoughts and feedback as well. Um, it'd be interesting to see how things turn out on Thursday. I think Golden State is still the favorite, even though they're down 3-2. to two. They are the defending world champs. The ball is in their court, uh, proverbially and even uh, literally at this point. So, um, you know... It'll be interesting to see how things look on uh, Thursday uh, uh, in Golden State. But, you know, we we will definitely see uh, what happens. But that's been the What Are You Thinking About segment for June 11th, 2019. I hope you enjoyed it. We're getting ready to take our first break of the night. When we come back, we're going to be talking to award-winning, legendary, iconic, journalist Rochelle Riley you don't want to go anywhere you're tuned in to one of the hottest shows online it's the thinking out loud radio show we'll be right back you're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you get you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just 
or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. issues that matter to you. Miss the show featuring evangelist, entrepreneur, and executive producer of Bloom TV, Brianna Swanson. Tell us about Bloom TV. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. Um, Bloom TV will be a YouTube series. And it will be 24 pre-recorded shows that I will release once a week. And it's going to be a 30-minute show. It's not enough, you know, to have God just do everything in 30 minutes. Um, I want to be able to get all the youth rallied up in the city at one point, and we just have a Holy Ghost fire good time. You know, bring our friends and family. People get healed. People get saved. Miracles happen. Um, I really want to see God um, operate strong and doing an outpour in Detroit. You're tuned in to the Three Hour Radio Show. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. This is radio host Michael Nimmons, and yes, it's tax time. Haven't filed yet? No worries. We've got the place for you. Consumer Tax Clinic. Take it from someone who knows. They will sit down with you, go over your return, give great advice, and look for the best possible return options. Let the experts at Consumer Tax Clinic help you get the refund you never thought you could. They did it for me. Let them do it for you. Call Consumer Tax Clinic at 248-395-0078. That's 248-395-0078. Or visit their website at ConsumerTaxClinic.com. That's ConsumerTaxClinic.com. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. All right, guys, we are back on another very special edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and we have a very, very special guest on the line with us on tonight, a legendary, iconic journalist in the city of Detroit, and um, dare say, uh, around the world, uh, known uh, around the world, and I'm so happy to have her on uh, the show with us on tonight. But before we get into our interview, we want to give her a proper introduction. Uh, she is a force of nature, uh, an author, essayist, blogger, 
and children's advocate who spent nearly a quarter of a century as a columnist when she left in 2019 to focus on arts and culture and entertainment. She is now the newly appointed director of arts and culture for the city of Detroit. And she left journalism with a bang, getting inducted into the North Carolina Media and Michigan Journalism Hall of Fame. She is a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, journalism journalist. Uh, she's an author of Burden, African-Americans and the Enduring Impact of Slavery, which has garnered rave reviews and the upcoming book that they live 20 African-Americans who changed the world. She travels the country hosting conversations about the burden that America still bears because it refuses to deal with the aftermath of slavery. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show, award-winning, legendary, and iconic journalist and newly appointed director of arts and culture for the city of Detroit, Rochelle Riley. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Miss Riley. Thank you so much. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show with us on tonight. Uh, I am humbled by by you and certainly by uh, your stature as a journalist and uh, all of the things that you have done. I know the bio uh, really doesn't do uh, you justice because uh, of all the things that you have done and accomplished uh, in your profession. So let's start here. I, uh, I really would like for you to share with our audience on tonight uh, who Rochelle Riley uh, really is. Uh, I, this is an opportunity for uh, our listeners to, to get a uh, formal education on uh, the stature of this uh, legendary iconic journalist, Rochelle Riley. Well, again, I have to thank you. I'm humbled to be on the show. And, wow, after that introduction, I'm glad that, you know, we're doing this this way because if I had to walk through a door right now, my head wouldn't fit. (laughs) For me, no matter what I do, no matter how I decide to either make a living or make a point, I'm always going to be about kids because we don't care enough about our children. Um, And even if I'm doing a different job, as I've taught my students through the years, and and I've not been a professional teacher, I've been a teacher, you know, by necessity, I tell all of my young people, whether they're in high school or college, that no matter what you do for a living, you have to be a writer. So I've been proud to be a writer no matter what else I was doing. Uh, So I am a writer by trade and a warrior by necessity. And that does not change with my leaving daily journalism. It just means I'm going to be doing it a different way. Mm, Wow. I know you are enjoying our interview with legendary and iconic journalist Rochelle Riley, the newly appointed director of arts and culture for the city of Detroit. We are so, so very happy to have her on the show with us on tonight. You know, uh, Miss Riley, you have covered so many stories, I'm sure, over um, your uh, expansive career as a journalist. I want you to tell our listeners uh, some 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 stories that you've covered that that still stand out in your mind even to this day. 
Well, I can tell you that when I became a columnist, my very first column was about Muhammad Ali. So it wasn't so much covering a story as having a chance to spend time with a true icon. Um, I was blessed enough to be working in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was an executive uh, at the newspaper there, the first African-American executive that they had. I was the deputy managing editor. But I also was uh, the mother of a two-year-old that I had adopted who – had moved to Louisville with me and she, she was spending her, her formative years, you know, two and three and four years old, uh, spending most of her time with a nanny while I was, you know, climbing this ladder to be a publisher. And I felt great pressure from other people to, to climb that ladder because there weren't many African-American editors and there weren't many African-American women editors or publishers. But, you know, I was, I was feeling some kind of way about it because I said I, I know that there's a responsibility for some of us to make sure we stay on these ladders and get into these positions where we can make decisions. But I also really missed writing, and I missed being with my daughter. So I was in uh, suburban Washington, D.C. at a management conference, uh, and, and my daughter was back in Louisville with the nanny, and I called home like I did every day you know, to say hi and then to sing Moon River to her at night for her to go to sleep. And her nanny said, well, before you talk to her, I have to tell you something. And I said, oh, God, what has happened? She said, I decided to surprise her. So I made a burger and fries for dinner. And when I put it on the table, her eyes got real big. And she said, I didn't know you could get this at home. I said, well, I'm getting off this ladder. I'm not interested in management. I need a job where my child knows that I can cook a hamburger. And I'm seeing her more than I'm seeing her now. He said, what do you want to do? And I'll never be able to tell you, but I said, I think I'd like to have my own column. So he gave it to me. And by becoming a better mom, I got the job of my lifetime. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I know you are enjoying our interview with legendary and iconic journalist Rochelle Riley, newly appointed director of arts and culture for the city of Detroit. You know, um, you 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 say you interviewed um, Muhammad Ali. What were some? Uh, who were some other? Uh, you know, iconic. Uh, you know, historic individuals that you covered uh, that you just are still pinching yourself about. Well, I, I can tell you. And before we leave uh, Ali, let me tell you that it wasn't just an interview with him, but my very first column called for the city of Louisville to have a museum for him because at that time there was nothing bearing his name except a little strip of street, you know, how it works in some cities where Martin Luther King Boulevard is in a part of town, but in the rest of the town it's named something else. That column ran and the mayor and other folks who knew better and who were embarrassed by it said, okay, it's time. And that helped lead to this effort that had been going on for some time to raise $80 million to build the Muhammad Ali Center, which now exists on the banks of the Ohio River. So I got to spend time with him in Berrien Springs, Michigan, at the farm where he used to train. And I got to go hang out with him, you know, when he was doing things. I mean, it was it was a, a very short sort of coverage period, but a lot of coverage. But other than Ali, I, I can tell you right away at the top of the list were two interviews with Barack Obama, one when he was a senator running for president and the other one in the Roosevelt room outside the Oval Office where I'm literally sitting across from, you know, our history's first African-American president. It it doesn't get any better than that when you're a journalist. 
I'm sure it doesn't. And just listening to you talk about, um, you know, these rare uh, journalistic experiences is just giving me chills as well. You know, uh, having the opportunity to talk to uh, the greatest, uh, you know, and to uh, to also uh, sit down and talk with the first African-American president of the United States uh, and Barack Obama, uh, I'm sure had to be a um, uh, a very um, special moment for you as a journalist. And uh, I know that uh, it's one that you'll never forget. Well, I can tell you that it was not only a special moment as a journalist, but a special moment as a child of grandparents who raised me uh, in a in a country where literally, you know, not that long ago, African Americans were not allowed to read. It was illegal to teach us to read, and and we had to excel and achieve and do things um, in spite of those barriers that were put up in various ways, from you know from being enslaved to being discriminated against with Jim Crow laws to having to fight even now to continue to have the right to vote. As I sat there, you know, as a part of this interview, and I was actually one of 10 African-American journalists who got to sit with him that day, and each of us got a question. And as I sat there trying to really focus on being professional and getting ready to ask my question, I couldn't help but wonder what my grandparents who raised me, who were both gone by then, what they would have thought of, of that moment. And I was hoping that they were looking down and seeing that because it was something that they had worked for for their offspring their whole lives. They, they knew they'd never talked to a president, but the fact that they raised somebody who did, that's what was really special for me. Amazing. 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 I'm truly enjoying our interview with legendary and iconic journalist, Rochelle Riley, so happy to have her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show with us on tonight. And uh, she is an award winning journalist. I mean, NABJ Ida B. Wells Award, uh, Pullum Editorial Fellowship, inductee of Michigan Journalist Hall of Fame, National Headliner Award, National Scripts Award, Pulitzer Prize winner. Um, you know, Miss Riley, tell our listeners. You know, your career has nearly spanned a quarter of a century. You know, I want you to share with us, what are you most proud of? Well, even though, you know, as a woman, we don't necessarily like to talk about it, but my career spans a lot more than that. I spent several years as a reporter and then as an editor before I became a columnist. So I got to do all three jobs. And I can tell you, as, as excited as I am about the Ali Museum, and about interviewing senators and, and presidents and covering four mayors in Detroit, some of the most important interviews I've done have been with young people. <clears throat> and I can tell you um, one, of the, one of the moments that will always stay with me um, was when I convened a roundtable of high school students to talk about the Detroit public schools and what they were lacking and what these kids wanted and how great they were. And there was a young man there growing up in a bad neighborhood. People didn't expect, you know, great things from kids from that neighborhood or from his school. And he said, I want you to know, Ms. Riley, that I'm going to go to Harvard. Well, fast forward, and this, this, this kid was a senior. Fast forward a year, 
I was doing a C-SPAN special uh, on a stage at Harvard. Uh, we were having a conversation about an upcoming election. And when it was over, this young man walked up and he said, Hi, Miss Riley, it's Brian Barnhill. I'm a freshman here. I told you I'd get to Harvard. <laughs> Literally trying to figure out why I was sobbing on this stage. Now, mind you, they had stopped taping, so this wasn't on television, thank goodness. But I was so moved by this kid and his resolve and his persistence and the fact that he's brilliant. Well, fast forward four years later, and I got a call from him, and he said, I've graduated from Harvard. I have all these job offers in other places, but I wanted to come home to Detroit, but I can't find a job. I was livid. I wrote a column chastising people for this kid who was brilliant and a Harvard graduate wanting to come back to Detroit when we needed young people to come back to Detroit and not being able to find a job, and he got 16 job offers. Mm. Wow. That's the power of the word. That's the power of crusading and the power of of using your column for good. So that's one of those moments that sticks with me because I will always, all of Detroit's kids are my kids, so I will always fight for them. And that was one of those moments that made me feel really good. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's a thinking out loud radio show. We'll be right back. Mr. Show featuring violin extraordinaire Candace Pretty String Smith. And probably one of the more interesting ones was Rick Ross. Violin and Rick Ross don't go together. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you really got to explain to us how that all came together. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. Yes, of course. So Rick Ross, that was when I was a student at Florida a and University, and we had a homecoming showcase, and they hired Rick Ross to come for our homecoming concert. So everyone wanted to open up for him. Like, I want to audition. I want to open up for Rick Ross. So I went through an audition. So I was chosen to open up for him. You tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Have you purchased Michael Nimmons' new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. This book is full of positive insights on vision from people like President Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, and Dr. Miles Monroe. Michael Nimmons offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. It is definitely a must-have. Just $20 for hard copy and $3.99 in ebook format. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today.
I know you are enjoying our interview with award-winning, legendary, and iconic journalist Rochelle Riley. Let's get back into this powerful interview. Wow. True champion for young people. Amazing story. Um, I also know Brian Barnhill, uh, uh, myself, and... uh, uh, definitely can attest to everything that you said. So just tremendous, tremendous. Wow. I know you're enjoying our interview with legendary and iconic journalist Rochelle Riley. So happy to have her on the show with us on tonight. And, and you are also an author uh, as well. You know, you, you said earlier in your interview how you enjoy writing. So I want you to share with our listeners more about some of the books that you've written, including uh, the new book that's coming out, That uh, that They Lived, 20 African-Americans Who Changed the World. Well, uh, The Burden, African-Americans and the Enduring Impact of Slavery, is actually uh, my first contemporary work of original uh, nonfiction. The, the, the other books were collections of columns um, and essays that had been written previously. But this book uh, came about because this newspaper columnist in Pittsburgh wrote, a, wrote an actual column that was printed that said black people needed to get over slavery, that, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. We were better off than had we stayed in Africa. I decided that I would call up people that I knew and, and say, you know what, slavery uh, – didn't end. It just changed addresses. It moved from plantations to the courtrooms, boardrooms, classrooms, and newsrooms of America. The legacy of the enslaved is that we are still fighting to be first-class citizens. And I think that, you know, I want to get some people together and write about it. I don't want to just be that one lone person, you know, railing against the machine, but I I wanted to create a choir of voices. And I called up different people and asked them. And there were people who were in the middle of their own books. They stopped what they were doing to write something. There were actors and scholars and just all kinds of folks. There were 23 essays. And the most amazing thing is that all of these essays came in and I let everybody else has come in before I wrote mine. None of them was on the same topic. I didn't have to call anybody and say, well, somebody already wrote about, you know, the, the injustice system. Somebody wrote about education. Somebody wrote about health. Everybody wrote something different, which lets you know all the different ways it still matters and it still hurts. Then that was that book. So the new book that you asked about, um, there's this woman uh, in suburban Seattle. She lives in Kent, Washington. And two uh, Februarys ago, she started posting photographs of her daughter, Lola, who was then four, as iconic African-American women. And I mean, like down to the letter, she would take a photograph, you know, some of these photographs that we're all familiar with, the one with Fannie Lou Hamer being beaten up for trying to vote, um, Shirley Chisholm, you know, before she made that iconic run for the Democratic nomination for president. And 
she dressed her daughter up just like those and ran the two pictures together. And I was so moved that I flew out to Kent. I flew out to Seattle and drove to Kent and said, you know, I think I'd like to write some biographical inspirational essays to go with your pictures and do it for young readers. And she said, absolutely. So we partnered on this book and it is literally a book designed for children to help them understand that every important person, every famous person was once a child. And every essay starts with what that person was doing when they were 10, 11, 12 years old. Hmm. Wow. That is amazing. That is an amazing book. When, when will it, um, when will it be released? It's coming out in 2020 by Wayne State University Press, the wonderful publishing house here in Detroit uh, that published The Burden. I love working with them. They are beautiful, historic, decades-old publishing house, and um, they, they believe in great work, and they believe in Michigan writers. And uh, I loved my experience with The Burden with them, and I, I didn't even have to do a book proposal. I told them, this is what I'm doing, and they said, we want it. And now I'm working on my third book. So my goal is to try and have a book out every year. I won't do what Michael Eric Dyson does and write a book like every three months. (laughs) (laughs) But I would like to be doing one every year. Well, we we definitely uh, can't wait to read it. Absolutely, absolutely. I know you are enjoying our interview tonight with legendary and iconic journalist Rochelle Riley, newly appointed director of arts and culture for the city of Detroit. And, you know, um, I want you to share with our listeners um what your vision is for this new position, because I really see you as an ambassador of of the city of Detroit, uh, working for uh, the free press and and all the various things that you've done uh, within in, in the city. Uh, you know, I, I really I'm just I know those that are listening are interested as well uh, in in what your vision is. Uh, as a newly appointed director of arts and culture for this great city? Well, my approach is, is simple and it's three prongs. The first is to get out the message that Detroit is a city full of world-class talent, world-class programs, and world-class ideas. Uh, we, we have creatives who are doing amazing things, and people don't really know, not just people in other cities, who are looking at Detroit, but people who are in Detroit don't know what we have. So I'm doing, I I have this whole, you better recognize mission because it is just, I'm speechless with everything that I learned about just how much there is. I knew a lot, but I knew barely any of all the things that are going on. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to support these things that are already going on. When the city was not doing its um, arts and culture, uh, cover, you know, as it were, there there was no arts and culture office, no arts and culture director. Well, people stepped in and did all of what they wanted, but what you've got is, and and it's not, I don't want to use it in a pejorative word, but it was like the wild, wild west of creatives where everybody who wanted to do something was doing something and trying to get funding to do stuff, and, and it was just all over the place. And, of course, then all of those folks would turn to the city and say, pay attention to us. So now we're going to have some coordination and recognition of efforts and find out who's doing the same thing as other people. 
and all try to work together so that we can build this. You know, Detroit doesn't have a creative quarter. Detroit is a creative quarter. We are a city of the arts. So if we can all work together and show what we've got and lift each other up, I think we'll have a better time. And then the last thing is all of the new ideas and the things that could happen. Um, Everything is possible. That's my T-shirt. Everything is possible in the arts in Detroit. Wow, that's that's that. I like that. Everything is possible right here in the city of Detroit. I am. I'm excited. I really am. And you know, as I was listening to you, I I um I want you to um to think about this. You know, in this newly appointed um, position, director of arts and culture for the city of Detroit. You know, we have people that have never been to this city. I've uh, only heard about it through the news media, through what they've seen on television. And, you know, they have all kinds of uh, preconceived notions about what goes on here and, and whatnot. And I want to know, uh, you know, from you, what would you share with a tourist who's never come to our city before? Um, who, who what would you what would you share what would you share with them what what would you what would be your approach in selling to them the city of Detroit well i wouldn't start with the city i would start with the people i would talk to them about the people who are from detroit who they probably know whether they're musicians or painters or dancers or spoken word artists like jessica caremore and then I talk about the things that have gone on here forever, like our International Jazz Festival and the Movement Festival. And, you know, plenty of people know Motown, but do they know MoCAD? You know, plenty of people know about the Detroit Institute of Arts, but right across the street is my favorite building in the whole city, the Detroit Public Library. Just this amazing history, this Beaux-Arts building. And as a matter of fact, people have been reintroduced to it because Jamel Hill and her fiancé, did the whole, you know, Jay-Z and beyond. Right, right, right. And, and some of it was done at the DIA and some of it was done across the street uh, in Adamstrom Hall. And I can tell you, with everything that we tell people about Detroit, we're lifting the city up. So, you know, yeah, people can come and take a tour with me. I'll take them around and show them that we got an island too. You know, Miami might have Star Island, but we got Belle Isle. Um, <laughs> there's, there's just so much. There's so much, and and a part of my job will be almost to continue the job that I had. It'll be like I'm telling the story of arts and culture in Detroit so that people know we are fantastic. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out. giving voice to issues that matter to you. Did you miss the transformation of Daryl Woods? Then check this out. Let's start right here. As we said in your bio, uh, you served 28 years and and, uh, 11 months in prison, arrested for being associated with the wrong crowd. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. 
Exactly. I was convicted as an Aiden and a better. In 1990, I was uh, hanging around the wrong crowds. I was. I found myself hanging with my my co-defendant, me and my cousin, who was my co-defendant. Uh, went to a home to purchase marijuana. Chaos broke out in the home. Guns were pulled out. Uh, and it was like uh, a hellish experience. You tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. This is radio host Michael Nimmons. And yes, it's tax time. Haven't filed yet? No worries. We've got the place for you. Consumer Tax Clinic. Take it from someone who knows. They will sit down with you, go over your return, give great advice, and look for the best possible return options. Let the experts at Consumer Tax Clinic help you get the refund you never thought you could. They did it for me. Let them do it for you. Call Consumer Tax Clinic at 248-395-0078. That's 248-395-0078. Or visit their website at ConsumerTaxClinic.com. That's ConsumerTaxClinic.com. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. What's cracking Planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specializes in custom-made, all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691. That's 248-820-3691 and order your custom basket today. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. I know you enjoyed our interview with legendary and iconic journalist Rochelle Riley. Let's hear the conclusion of this powerful interview. Man, I can't think of a better person to do that. I really can't. It is amazing. So happy to have this legendary and iconic journalist on the phone with us on tonight in the person of Rochelle Riley. She has really been just sharing with us insights into her career, 
uh, the things that she's done and accomplished uh, award winning journalist. I'm talking to a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist on tonight. I'm pinching myself at the same time, just enjoying listening to her share uh, her experiences with you and with me on tonight. And as we get ready to wrap this interview uh, on tonight, I want you to share with our listeners. You've inspired so many people over your iconic career. I want to know, uh, Miss Riley, who inspires you? No, I I could say my grandparents, who even though they've been gone since 2000, I, I remember everything they taught me, everything that I am is because of them. I could say that, you know, I have friends who are some of the most amazing people in the world. And when I watch what they do and learn from them, it's amazing, whether it's fellow journalists or fellow writers or or sometimes, you know, very important people who are living right and doing the right things. I just met Stacey Abrams for the first time. And God, if she doesn't run for president this time, maybe next time. But I have to go back to the children. I am inspired by the genius and the persistence and the perseverance of these Detroit children who, even in the most dire of circumstances with the school district, and even though people don't think that they can excel, they are kicking butt every day and you you see them and they rise up and you see how great they are and that lets me know just like Brian Barnhill did years ago that nobody's going to stop them from doing what they want to do whether it's to go to Harvard or one day be president so it's always going to be about my kids wow man champion for young people uh, iconic journalist Rochelle Riley. I want you to tell our listeners how they can keep what keep up with you, how they can follow you on social media, um, how they can even um, you know in this new position uh, for you know the city of Detroit arts and culture. Is there a way that uh, the community can can somehow participate or contribute in some way? Uh, or be a part of what's going on in the city because uh, you know as I said earlier I look at you as an ambassador of the city of Detroit and I'm sure there's so many people that now that you're a part of this and leading the the charge uh, to uh, galvanize uh, this city uh, with arts and culture you know there may be some people listening that might want to be a part of that in some way and want to know how that can be possible well on social media they can follow me at Rochelle Riley um, but you know don't tread on me if you come to my Twitter feed just be prepared for everything <laughs> the brand new Twitter account Detroit Arts and Culture at at Detroit Arts now you know right now I'm doing it because I want to make sure that the messages are exactly what people need to understand about where we're going with the arts and and how we're going to tell the story and how we're going to re-embrace ourselves as well as make sure that people know who we are. Um, And and the the biggest thing is just always pay attention to what's coming out of Detroit. And it doesn't always come out of Detroit in a newspaper or on a television station. You know, there are folks who are doing great things just every now and again. Again, Google Detroit Arts and see what you what you learn or what you hear about because we have – I am determined to prove that we have more creatives in the city of Detroit than any other city per capita in America. 
on the, on the Twitter feed, you'll be able to find out uh, as soon as we get things set up. Remember, my, my first week was last week, so we don't have everything set up. But if you follow me on Twitter, I'll be able to tell you how to get to that information soon because what I want to do is talk to people who are doing great things so people can get to know them. We have an amazing uh, uh, media and film team who work, you know, within the city. I haven't even met them yet, but I'm dying to get to know them so we can work together to tell that story. I, I want people to feel like this is the most important campaign that they can uh, help sponsor, that they can help become a part of, that they can help, you know, be excited about. So there's more to come, but right now I'll, I'll be doing a lot of it through Twitter because that's the easiest way to do it until we get uh, all, all of the web stuff up and running. Well, there you have it, guys. We have been truly blessed by the legendary and iconic journalist, uh, newly appointed director of arts and culture for the city of Detroit, Rochelle Riley. She has been on the show with us on tonight, and we just thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, for, and being with us. We truly, truly appreciate it, and I know all of our listeners appreciate it, and I truly appreciate it, and we pray nothing but the best for you and uh, all that you're doing, uh, and especially for uh, the citizens of the city of Detroit in this newly appointed position. May God continue to bless you. Thank you so much for that, because he is doing it already. <laughs> all right. All right. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at michaelnimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. If you're searching for great conversation, start with Michael Nimmons thinking out loud. Yes, he makes you think. Yes, it's a great show. I love the show. I think that you will too. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is radio host Michael Nimmons, and yes, it's tax time. Haven't filed yet? No worries. We've got the place for you. Consumer Tax Clinic. Take it from someone who knows. 
They will sit down with you, go over your return, give great advice, and look for the best possible return options. Let the experts at Consumer Tax Clinic help you get the refund you never thought you could. They did it for me. Let them do it for you. Call Consumer Tax Clinic at 248-395-0078. That's 248-395-0078. Or visit their website at ConsumerTaxClinic.com. That's ConsumerTaxClinic.com. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you to believe. Who Told You That You Were Naked is a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. In the spirit of the theme of tonight's show, our thought of the week comes from the origination of the name of the statue that decorates the city-county building in downtown Detroit. The spirit of Detroit, as it's called, the name itself is derived from the verse in 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Such a powerful scripture and it certainly epitomizes the essence of what the city of Detroit really and truly means. Detroit, as it is pronounced in French, has a number of different monikers and nicknames to describe itself to the world. Motown and Motor City are just two of the popular nicknames Detroit has been given because of its origin in music and motor muscle that has made this city what it is today. Home of the Model T and Marvin Gaye and Diana Ross, this city continues to be the pace setter for the music and auto industry, respectively. But above all else, when you look at this scripture that the statue represents and symbolizes the essence of this city, what I believe the architects were really saying unequivocally is that God resides in this city 
And where God is, there is liberty. Wherever God is, there is freedom. Wherever God is, there is happiness. Wherever God is, there is joy. These, I believe, are attributes of God's spirit that are direct reflections of the city that claims to bear his resemblance. I think that it's exceptionally noteworthy that the architects of Detroit thought it best to build this city on the principles and precepts of God and his likeness rather than any of the other man-made accoutrements that Detroit might be known by. In fact, there's another scripture that I believe rightfully prescribes success for any city that follows these poignant instructions as their guiding principles. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. This is the eternal prescription for success that every person, every parliament, every president, every prime minister, every city, every country, every continent must have. Whenever God is at the center of your continent, your country, your state, or your city, you have put your fortunes and your fate in the best hands imaginable. In fact, the wisest king to ever live recorded the most powerful words of wisdom ever uttered. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to all of your understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Kudos to the city of Detroit for having the right spirit with the right power to make the right change. want to give a special thanks and shout out to Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Rochelle Riley for being on the Thinking Out Loud radio show with us on tonight. I know you really enjoyed tonight's show and I did as well. We truly appreciate her being with us and sharing with our listeners some highlights from her storied career as well as some of her plans as newly appointed director of arts and culture for the city of Detroit. Remember, you can always follow her on Twitter at Rochelle Riley. That's R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-I-L-E-Y to get her take what's happening in the news and elsewhere. I highly recommend uh, her as a follow. Yes, great person to follow. Thanks again for tuning in to tonight's show. We truly, truly appreciate Always remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. We are available uh, at Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and now at michaelnemons.com. Go to any of those podcasting networks or just go to our website and listen to all of our uh, over 100 and uh, 20 something or actually 100 and t- almost 20 um, podcasts. We thank you so much uh, for your support of the show. We could not do it without you. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to have another dynamic show in store for you. So always 
Until next time, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Be sure to support all of our radio show partners. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Want to book radio show host Michael Nimitz for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnimitz.com. Be sure to follow the show on all of its social media accounts on Instagram at the TOL Radio Show, on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, or on our Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Are you an entrepreneur? Want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud Radio Show partner and take advantage of our free introductory advertising offers. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at gmail.com for more details. Visit the new home of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at www.michaelnemons.com forward slash TOL Radio Show. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.